Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guests. I'm really pleased to welcome back founder and director of Owen Drew, Drew Cotton, for episode two. So welcome back, Drew. Thank you. So in the first episode, we covered all about your beautiful candles. And in episode two, we're going to be talking about perfumes and other products that you've introduced Mm -hmm. as well. So, okay then, Drew. So when did you first introduce perfumes into the frame? Um, And was this something you'd always wanted to progress to? Yes, absolutely. Um, So we introduced our signature perfume last June. And we had a beautiful launch party at the Five Star Grosvenor Hotel. And oh, it, was, lovely. it was amazing. But yes, it's absolutely something I've always wanted to do. I've always been obsessed with perfumes and aftershaves. And um, you know, my friends take the mick out of me because I've got such a huge collection. And I'm a total nightmare in duty free at the airport, wanting to smell everything. And they just want to get to the bar and relax and... Yeah, I'm a pain. But, and you're um, shopping, you're way down with bottles of aftershave. And absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do. And I think we were quite clever to um, start the brand with candles and become you know, synonymous with quality. Get established, yeah. Before we, yeah, before we launched a perfume, because to, to, to launch a perfume out of nowhere, I think you'd need a huge marketing and advertising budget. Um, but we already have the reputation, so it was. Um, it's been a success as a result of being known for our candles. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So going back to you, obviously having all these different products and uh, holding your friends up at the duty free. Are you a bit of a hoarder? Do you keep all the bottles from when you were younger, all the old types of? I don't keep them when they're empty. No, okay. not one of them. So not um, them all on your shelves in your lounge. No. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I, I do have a, a huge collection. I love them. So me included, I think when you're getting ready to go out and you, you know, you've got your outfit on and the last thing you do is you go for the perfume and it depends which mood you're in, doesn't it? To which one you're going to put mm-hmm. on, but you feel complete. You're ready. You're ready yes. for action, aren't you? So talk yes. us through the power of scent and how it alters mm-hmm. our mood and feelings. Cause there's something real about this, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Um, the, you know, your sense of smell, um, is just as if not more important than you know your sight um, or your hearing and um, you know perfume and, and smells and fragrances are intrinsically linked to memory in fact it's the closest sense which is, is connected to your memories and I can't think of the name of it but there's something in your frontal frontal lobe is it yeah frontal lobe yeah, yeah. Uh, something beginning with an h i should know that really um yeah. but that you know we've all been that when you smell something and it just takes, it takes you, you back, back doesn't it Definitely. and it's like wow yeah yeah even the other day i went into um there's a, a carpet warehouse underneath here and i went in and like there was a, a smell of a new carpet and it reminded me of um must have been when we, we moved to you know house when i was four years old and it took me right back yeah. Um, I've, all, I've always been fascinated by that and when I was a little boy um, my godmother would always wear Chanel number no. 5 but she'd mix it with Chanel 19 so she called it Chanel 24 
Um, and just that the, the, those two mixed together, you know, it, it really evokes such strong memories for me. Uh, mm. I mean, smells, I mean, I love perfumes and things, but I'm just going to mention here that the, the, obviously the, the power of that, because quite go back quite some time ago, uh, toothache, we, we acquired clover oil, and that took me back to this awful dentist when I was about eight year old with really steep steps, and I can't bear to have it in the house now. If you've got yeah. toothache in this house, you live with it. <laughs> yeah, or when you, you smell like um, you know, that certain sort of alcohol that takes you back to that one yeah. night when yeah. you'd have far too much to drink. You know, it, it's far more connected. Like you'd look at the drink and it wouldn't do that. Yes. But smelling it does. But smelling mm. it does, yeah. No, it's brilliant. Yeah. It really is. There really is a lot of truth to that. Absolutely. Um, and there's also a great history involving perfume. What can you tell us about that? So people have been using perfume really for, for thousands of years. It goes back to the ancient Egyptians and ancient Mesopotamia. In fact, the, the word perfume comes from the Latin perfumum, which means through smoke, because it was used in, in rituals and uh, you know, symbolising your prayers, going up to the gods, you know, the, the same way they do with incense in churches. But of course, it's, um, perfumes nowadays are, are totally different than they would have been then. You know, in the, the kind of Middle Ages and the Renaissance period, it was a functional product to cover up the smell of not washing, essentially. Consumer product now, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Another one I've just remembered from when I was a kid yeah. going to these discos is, is it patchouli oil? Uh, patchouli oil. Patchouli, that was, patchouli. I always get it wrong. Yeah. Was it patchouli? Can you say it again mm -hmm. for me? Some people pronounce it patchouli and some people pronounce it patchouli. I say patchouli. I've got... You're obviously not as old as the customers that say this, but we have lots of ladies kind of that we've got the calm spray, which I was telling you about in the previous episode. That's got a little bit of patchouli, and they say oh. that takes me back to the 60s or 70s. And yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So it was very popular in perfumery then. Yeah, because I mean, you don't really hear about it now, or I've never even smelled no. it anywhere. But it really, if I did, it would really take you back. Quite a lot of Tom Ford fragrances with patchouli in. Wow. So it's, uh, it's making a bit of a comeback. A bit of a comeback. Oh, I look out. Mm. So can you remember your favourite aftershaves as a young Drew? Because I, things like, um, remember Chloe and an A&A? &A, and I yeah. had to drown myself I hate in the, an A&A. &A. I know, I couldn't call it, it now, but at the time. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, Reeve Ghosh. Do you remember Reeve Ghosh? Yes, I do. We used to, um, as children, all club together our pocket money to buy my mum, Charlie. Oh, <laughs> Charlie Red and Charlie Blue. Like um, so my favourite female fragrance was Chanel Number no. Five, probably still is. Um, and I was thinking about this when you sent me the questions. I, um, I think my favourite aftershave, um, Jean Paul Gaultier. Yes. Um, you know the one where it's the man's body. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of someone I had a crush on in sixth form. <laughs> <laughs> That's just it. You it, doesn't it? You, you can't oh, help yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant. Um, but that, but talking about these old perfumes, obviously, whether they'll make a comeback, who knows? But there really are trends in the market, aren't there? Absolutely. So there's, there's all kinds of smells that nowadays are totally commonplace, but were really quite revolutionary. So there's like an ocean smell that, you know, cool water dabbed off. Yeah. That didn't, that compound, that formula didn't exist until the 80s. And then that was, you know, it's, it's been very popular since then. So it kind of 
Dolce & Gabbana, you know, the light blue, all of those kind of Mediterranean-y styles. So there are definitely trends, it seems to be, I think, at the moment, going back to basics and, and more floral fragrances yeah. um, like Gucci Bloom and, um, you know, Jo Malone, Red Roses. They wouldn't have been fashionable in the 80s, but, you know, they've, uh, they've, they've made a comeback. So you really kind of have to be on trend, don't you? And think, gracious, what's, yeah. you know, what's, what's going on? What's, what's this Oud, moment? Extremely popular, what's yeah. Oud seems to be in everything at the moment, perfumery. Oud, um, it's a Middle Eastern oil. Um, oh. gram per gram, it's more expensive than gold and it comes from the resin of a, a rare tree. Um, so that's been popular for hundreds of years in Middle Eastern perfume. But it's it's uh, you know, it's popular in the Western world now as well. So, is it going to be easy to get hold of then as an ingredient? Very expensive. Yeah. So, lots of um, fragrance houses will create um, synthetic copies of it, which right. smell the same. But it's not the real thing. Um, so, you know, there's there's candles in Home and Bargain that smell of it, but it's obviously not real oud. But really expensive perfumes do have it in. Our perfume does. While we're on that subject of people kind of uh, manufacturing their own this stuff, what are your thoughts on, not necessarily copies that, you know, but certain companies, I don't want to name them, but they do some great fragrances, don't they, at a really great price? Yes. They don't last, though. No. It's like you buy cheap, you buy twice. Um, they're a false yeah. economy. So they, they'll smell very similar on the opening uh, top note, but they don't have the depth all the ingredients to make them last or stay on your body they don't have the oils so it's you know it's like anything yeah, not good for, good not good yeah so what was the inspiration to create your first eau de perfume was eau de parfum eau de parfum eau de parfum why, why did you choose these particular notes i wanted to do create something which was really timeless but also extremely unusual and gorgeous unique yes it needs an overused word that isn't it unique but yeah. ours it is fits, um, it? It fits. yeah and it's unisex um, and we, we get regularly get emails or inquiries saying hi um i smelt someone on the the metro today in manchester and she said she was wearing your perfume where can i get it honestly um it's one of those that people will stop and ask you about it what is this signature it's perfume owen drew owen drew what sort of different sizes does it come in we just do the one one size it's um 50 mil and it's 55 pounds and it's an eau de parfum so it's much more concentrated than um you know an eau de toilette and it, it really lasts so most high street fragrances are about four percent strength this is 16 percent strength surprisingly good value yeah so you do, if you don't shower for a few days you're still going to smell as a smell as wonderful aren't you <laughs> absolutely yeah actually coming on to that about eau de parfum um, what is the difference between a perfume and an de toilette? People use the, per the term perfume or fragrance to sort of cover all, all of them, okay. really. But yeah, yeah. I think it, in terms of strength, it goes from a cologne to an eau de toilette to an eau de parfum to a parfum. So the perfume's a stronger one and then it gets lighter, does it, the further down it gets and such. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So obviously is that reflected in the cost? So the perfume's yes, most it will expensive? Be. It will be. Cheaper fragrances will have a lot of alcohol in. Um, so you, you do get that, you know, it smells great straight away, but yeah. it won't have the longevity of an eau de parfum or a parfum. 
So after the success of your first perfume, Own Drew, did you go on to design a further three? Can you tell us about those? Yes. Uh, we've um, Last year, we launched our Imperial Collection of Fragrances, um, which was inspired by Romanov Russia and the Romanov oh. Dynasty. So St. Petersburg, Winter Palace, Fabergé eggs, you know, just oh. caviar, gorgeous. It didn't have these smells in, but I'm just... <laughs> That was like the, the, the breed that the we wanted. Um, so we had a female one called Empress, which we designed based on the last Tsarina of Russia and where she used to go to Paris to have her perfumes made. And then we had the male one called Romanov, which had like Russian leather in and teak wood and vetiver. Um, it's not one you can wear in the day because it's really quite a really manly scent. Yes, but it's gorgeous. So we had those two last year and we launched them with a big masquerade ball which was just everyone came in masks and gowns and it was just it was amazing and then this year we launched our fourth fragrance called platinum and it was supposed to be like a really upbeat scent for you know everyone's so excited at the start of 2020 I think it was going to be a great year start of a new decade the roaring 20s and then we've had coronavirus so it's just but that, that is a lovely, fresh, exciting and vibrant scent. So it's very different than the others. Regarding the perfume side of it, um, what plans have you got for the future? Have you got a fifth one you're going to be introducing? Or? Again, we were meant to be launching another one um, in April. But this whole lockdown, the other secret projects, which I was telling you about, have taken over. So we'll hopefully do another one next year, but I don't think there'll be one this year. We're just working on promoting our existing ones because people love them definitely so how long does it take then drew for you thinking i'm going to design a perfume do my research and then of course to come to the end product it must be quite a lengthy process is it yeah it is well i went to grass in the south of france in february which is the capital of perfumery so i went there to design the one that we were meant to be releasing this year how exciting is that it was fascinating it's brilliant and um, that's where Coco Chanel went to design number five. She met with the fragrance houses there. Okay. So you come up with a brief or an idea and you put together like a, a vision board or a mood board and then you kind of work backwards, sourcing the ingredients to tie in with that and put everything together. And um, some of the ingredients in this um, perfume house were revolting. So there was one, um, don't even think you can, in fact, it is illegal. You can't get it anymore. But they, they showed it to me anyway. And it's from... Um, like an anal gland from a particular like rare African cat. Oh my goodness. It smelled foul, but like quite sexy as well at the same time. It's like a really animalistic smell, but they used to use it in perfumery because right. it would turn them on. Yeah. Um, but obviously secreting it from an animal, it's quite a cruel process. So they, you're not allowed to use it anymore, but it was really interesting to- so That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And one of the most expensive ingredients which goes into perfume, so Creed perfume, which is obviously really high end. Yeah. They use a lot of um, ambergris, which is, they don't really know whether a sperm whale poos it out or vomits it out. Yeah, it's like a hairball of a, of a whale and a tiny little rock of it, if it's washed up on the beach, can fetch like 25,000 pounds. The really rare ingredient. It's crazy though that who, who was kind of, you know, what was going on for them to discover this ingredient in the first place, you know? It's been used for hundreds of years. I don't know who discovered it or. It's just amazing, it makes, isn't it? Yeah. And musks, which come from animals as well, 
help perfumes last longer but again they're kind of you can't really use them anymore yeah wow that's really interesting So moving on from the perfumes just ever so slightly, you've also got a bath and body collection. Tell us all about it. Yeah. So we make the most beautiful shea butter soaps, bath oils, which come in stunning glass bottles, you know, like just make them a really old fashioned, I never know how to pronounce this, apothecary. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're like a chemist. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, they're like real statement pieces they're lovely and, and we do embroidered towels and dressing gowns and we do body lotion we do hand soaps and we are actually working on making bath salts today oh that's really exciting so isn't it that's going to be a new product I can, I can picture myself already you know definitely by your smells and oh. your dressing gown <laughs> <laughs> did you slippers as well we should do actually, shouldn't we? We do like still eye masks that you can wear yeah. to go to bed in so you don't get like um, crow's feet or you know those yeah, like scrunched yeah. eyes that you can get from sleeping on a pillow for their uh, anti-aging, they're lovely. And I can see a nice mask because they're the thing now everyone's got to wear them. Let's get an Owen Drew mask going on. And I also noticed on your website, uh, Drew, that you've introduced luxury wall art and they look amazing. Uh, a little bit different from candles and perfumes? It is and it isn't. So um, we've started a homeware and lifestyle range. So we sell beautiful cushions. Um, we're going to be selling bedding. Um, and these wall art slash prints are just an extension of that really they're really lovely as well i love the wording in them they really mean something thank you so what's next for drew in this area we're just going to be continuing building on the um you know the collection i've wanted to do bath bombs for ages um but my business partner mike thinks they're a bit cheap and cheap in the brand but i think everyone loves a bath bomb in our signature scent calm calm bath bombs i think people would just go crazy for them it's been absolutely fantastic speaking with you on both it. these episodes. But before we bring this series to a close, can you please give our listeners any contact details in case they want to get in touch with you? Absolutely. Our website is owendrew.com. And they want to come and visit us in our boutique where we sell everything. Just put Owen Drew into Google Maps or Google. Um, they can contact me personally on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Just look up Mr. Owen Drew. <laughs> and um, a great name. well my name of course is is drew cockton um yeah. but everyone called me owen drew so i thought i might as well get on board with this and just go along yeah. with it so well drew i for one am really excited to see what's coming next from owen drew and in the meantime i wish you all the best Thank you very much, Karen. Thank you. You've been listening to An Appetite for Life, sponsored by Daybank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. If you are interested in any of my packages or wish to be a guest on this show, then you can contact me via my social media pages, Karen Kelly Podcasts, or send an email to Karen Kelly at btinternet.com.